I just realized too, um, that the talk I prepared for today is in a way um, kind of like a commentary on, on Ezra Bader's poem here, What Is Our Life About? which is um, a very beautiful practice poem that he, he wrote a number of years ago. Ezra is a, a teacher in the Ordinary Mind School. <clears throat> And uh, he's written quite a number of books. Um, and um, that's a very beautiful summary of practice, that poem. Where he talks about the... Um, he uses the word being a lot. Which you can, being aware, we can talk of awareness. Um, the willingness to just be our natural being. These are still words for our a true self. And what I wanted to talk about today was um, inquiry practice in our particular tradition or the tradition that I'm teaching here, which is a, a development of the tradition of the Ordinary Mind Zen school. Each Ordinary Mind Zen teacher teaches in their own, you know, every, every teacher teaches in their own unique ways and we're also part of it a tradition which we we all interpret in our own unique ways and, and I guess the, the richness and variety um, but there's a certain commonality about it as well we're always you know as a teacher you're always a student and you're always on the path and you're always learning and developing um, teaching is just another step on that path really um, like in any occupation, when you step into a teaching role, you continue to learn more about the subject you're teaching. And um, so today the topic was um, inquiry practice, and, uh, or who am I? Inquiry practice and how that might dovetail into psychotherapy as well, and how we get a balance between the two. Um, so like, you know, inquiry practice has always been a part of all of the classical non-dual traditions and uh, usually centering on variations of that question, who am I or what am I? Um, just give you a quote here from uh, uh, the Korean Zen master Song San, who died a few years ago, who was established the Korean Zen lineage in the US. Um, Zen means understanding my true self. What am I? Everybody says I am. Uh, Descartes said I think, therefore I am. We always say I, but what is this I? Where does this I come from? When you die, where does it go? These are the most important questions you can ever ask. If you attain this I, you attain everything. That is because this I is part of universal substance. Your substance, this desk's substance, this stick substance, the moon, the sun, the stars, everything's substance is the same substance. So if you want to understand your true nature, first you must attain your original substance. 
This means attaining universal substance and the substance of everything. So, in our practice, there are three core practices. The just sitting, which we've just been doing, uh, which in our, our tradition is called shikantaza, or just sitting. That's the Zen meditation. Then there's the inquiry practice. And then the other practice we do is contemplation or guided meditations. Contemplation includes things like using a sutra or a poem to contemplate. Um, when in, 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 our, in my group here, we, we primarily re- recite sutras and, uh, and poems. Uh, in some Zen groups, you'll find they chant them. Um, I prefer to recite them. Uh, but in the recitation of these lovely words, um, there are um, give yourself the, the space uh, to, you know, whatever may arise in that contemplation. Or you can take phrases from a poem or, and uh, use them to silently contemplate or sutras. There's some beautiful Zen sutras, poems written hundreds and hundreds of years ago, which are worthy of just sitting with and contemplating. So. Uh, and I guess you could include um, guided meditation as a form of contemplation as well. Guided meditation is not usually a part of Zen practice, but it's been, I, I do that and a number of Zen teachers do that now in contemporary practice. Um, so today we're focusing on inquiry practice and, uh, and that question, who or what I am. So in the classical Zen tradition, the inquiry practice took the form of koans. And uh, in a way, there's really only one kind, and, uh, and, and that is the that who am I or what am I takes different forms. It might take the form of, um, you know, the, the, the classical one I've talked to you about before. Does a dog have Buddha nature? And the master answered no or moo. And uh, so that, that question like no, uh, not, I mean, Neti, neti. That's, that's another very, not this, not that, another very classical inquiry tradition where one, I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my body, I'm not, I'm not my feelings. What am I? You know, these these all coming and going all the time. Um, so in, uh, in, the, uh, in the Rinzai Zen tradition, which works with koans, you traditionally start with what's called the, the, one of the main koans. Uh, which are designed to bring about that realization of one's true self, and uh, and th- that's really the, the kind of like a breakthrough koan, and uh, and then the rest of the koan curriculum. There's hundreds of koans. The rest of the koan curriculum is about refining that realization and, and aligning our everyday lives with that realization. In the ordinary minds in school, Joko dropped that practice. And um, basically, um, the, uh, uh, our inquiry practice just becomes that basic question. So, in the same way as you would, um, with a koan, you live with the question. And in the same way, in, in, in inquiry practice, if you're still a little bit confused about who you are, then you just sit with that question, who am I or what am I? Just live that question. And the, the question itself becomes the, the, uh, the kind of like the... Uh, you know, one of the answers to that is, um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
So um, um, you kind of like live with that as well. So and um, so this inquiry practice is about using a kind of questioning process or using a key question. And you can use that who am I question or in, a, in its abbreviated form, just simply who, um, uh, at, at any, any time during the day. And, uh, and, and it's, that's, that's the actually shining, you know, turning around and trying to actually, and you can't actually directly see who you are because the knowing that we are, it's almost like the sun, you can't turn around and directly face the sun, but you can rest in that knowing. You can get that sense of how everything is sensations, perceptions, feelings, thoughts are coming and going and they're all arising in this background awareness that we are. So it's that, that sort of, um, and this can be, um, this, is the this is direct, awareness is just always here, but it's always overlooked and it's always um, neglected and uh, not seen. That's why you get all those metaphors of the rich, you know, son who travels around and trying to, feel, thinks that he's poor, when the, the treasure's always here. So like, so the, this awareness and becoming aware of that and becoming starting to actually stand in that awareness sort of realize that's the so it's that realization of that I'm not the thoughts and the feelings I am the background in which all that is appearing and uh, that realization kind of comes and goes and comes and goes and um, but like if we, if we if we if we continue to to actually inquire into that, then just gradually. So it's a direct and a gradual path. You know, gradually we start to identify more and more with the pure awareness rather than with the the identification with the separate self. And so pure awareness is always now, and the separate self can never live in the now. The separate self is the activity of seeking and searching and wanting something else or resisting and pushing away. And so we live this practice, this inquiry about who I am, until it, it just gradually clarifies. Just, 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 um, it, it doesn't have to be a, um, um, a you know, a, a um, traditional kind of um, um, peak experience that's often described in the, some of the literature. It can just be a very gradual uh, familiarizing and growing intimacy with this awareness that we are, the I that Sung San talks about is the I that we all are, it's the universal I, the I principle, that which exists, we can't deny that we are here, that there's awareness and, um, and that this awareness is something which is, is the one continuous undying, unborn substance, which is always here. And the more we get ourselves familiar with that, that's where you know, we start to understand these metaphors of unborn and undying. In the sense that every sensation is born and dies, every thought is born and dies, every sound is born and dies. But it's all being born and died in the unborn and on the undying, which is the the background, the awareness that we are. So once we start to get a taste of that and realize that, then the 
the, the path for the rest of our lives is aligning ourselves, aligning our, with that, with that, with that realization in our everyday life, standing as awareness, as our permanent resonance, and non-abiding awareness in that sense. It doesn't get stuck in uh, or captured or fixated. It's continuously non-abiding in this centerless center, which is nowhere and everywhere. Awareness is not a thing. You can't find it, you can't see it, you can't know it, because it itself is the knower. And don't believe me, you have to check this out and just verify it for yourself. You are the knower, you're not the known. On the other hand, the known, the knower, is intimate with the known. So the thoughts, the sensations, the perceptions are not separate. They are one with the known. That's the oneness, that's the one substance which goes by different names. Often by a more contemporary language, it might go by the name of awareness or consciousness, or in, in, in more classical times, it might have gone by the name mind, and, um, uh, and so on. So, and so to awake, we're, we're just awaking to that which is already awake, awareness, awaking to awareness. It's not an effort doesn't, we can't do it because there's no doer. It's just something which is effortless. Awareness is effortless. We don't have to uh, cultivate it. It's already here. And uh, so awareness awakes to awareness, which is our natural state, and that's the source of the peace and happiness and freedom. And also love in that intimacy. It's the big mind and the big heart. So awareness, I awareness, is that is a gift. So we receive that gift. It's our natural inheritance. It's, that's the treasure we're born with. And it's a gift which keeps on giving, never stops giving. It's the unchanging continuity that is always in the background. It was never born and it never dies. That's the source of the flow of the natural experience of the joy of life. But as Ezra talks about in his poem, What Is Our Life About? Um, there's um, lots of conditionings that affect or unblock or obscure this pristine awareness. And, uh, and um, so it we oscillate often, we often lose it, and we, we get stuck back in the separate self. And um, so, and in order to experience that, we have to actually gently and with the loving kindness of our awareness, start to allow ourselves to undo those years of conditioning. It's kind of like an undoing practice in a sense. So awakening is direct, but it's also gradual in the sense it's a gradual unfolding or undoing of the years of conditioning. And that's a lifetime's work. I'm not quite sure of anybody I've met who would be totally 100% free of all that conditioning. Maybe there are. And um, so this conditioning is the way in which our separate self has been so much, not only you know, wired into our cognitions and our core beliefs, but also wired into our bodies as well. And uh, it's, it's, it's probably easier to free ourselves up from our attachment to our core beliefs than it is to the actual 
conditioning within our bodies because that goes back a very, very long time. So it's like the separate self is that almost like a default position that we're conditioned into that's embedded in our bodies. And so, but in order to start to undo that conditioning, we, we need to have that sort of that basic realization of who we are to be able to see ourselves as awareness and experience ourselves as awareness. Um, and, and that then allows us to actually re-experience uh, all those years of hurt or fear that we've had to go through as children. And uh, so waking up from the separate self is really that sort of undoing of the core beliefs and the levels of conditioning stored in the body. Um, which is a lot of what uh, Ezra's talking about in this poem. So the very path to awakening is to, um, he, sa he says here, what is the path to, to learn to reside in whatever life presents, to learn to attend to all of those things that block the flow of a more open life. I really like that word attend. It's like when we're having that meeting with ourselves, just and we we're sitting in silent contemplation or meditation, just what needs to be attended to here? What can we just open to? What needs to come? And uh, very similar to a therapy session where you need to say, what, what do you need to attend to right now? And uh, what's blocking it? And, uh, and usually, you know, the, uh, in, in our more contemporary psychological language, what we're talking about is the years of earlier developmental trauma and uh, how the, 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 the numerous times in which we experienced hurt or fear and the constriction that's layered down in the body at those times and um, which then blocks our access to our natural state because after so many years of hurt then the heart starts to close and it's like it was one um, client I was working with last week who taught, who's had numerous domestic violence relationships and our heart was broken and broken and broken over and over again and the heart closes down and uh, and um, so and, and as the heart closes down and as we build those walls we build the wall both to to keep um, the injured parts in the, in, the, in the cells, so to speak, and not let them come out. And we build the wall around to monitor the external environment. And that takes up a lot of energy. And uh, hence, um, you know, the, the, the common experience that people had that have been through a lot of trauma, that there's a lot of fatigue or tiredness. And, and, um, and there's a lot of energy in terms of keeping that protective system in place. And what we're wanting to do in our practice is we want to, through our awareness, to open ourselves up again, to, to open our hearts up again, to experience the, our inherent birthright, our inherent joy and love and peace. And uh, in order to do that, we have to meet that conditioning and undo it and release it. And... Um, so it's the, it's the, how we open the heart and bring that open heart. And um, so in order to fall in love with life again, we must free those prisoners that, from the cells of our own making. And we do this by opening our heart. And um, 
So we, we cannot open our hearts unless, unless we have, you know, opened up those hearts that have been closed, all those souls, those parts that have been closed off in the past. So the path to awakening is also to enter into the body and the world and, uh, and directly, the, one of the direct paths is through the experience directly of those sensations and, and, and starting to become intimate with how our awareness holds all those sensations even the sensations of fear and constriction and how awareness itself is naturally has no fear in it, has no constriction in it and that can liberate the body from that constriction and so that we can re-experience and open our hearts to that which was previously rejected and split off and release it and uh, there are different therapies that can be quite useful in in taking that journey as well. So Zen, obviously classical Zen doesn't go into that, but you can actually see how that inquiry into who I am can lead in our ordinary mind school, how Zen, my joker would say, well, let's, let's focus on what your, what your everyday life kinds are. What, what's, what's the kind? What's the dilemma? What's the fixation you're caught in at the moment? What's, so it's about um, how that's the, how the, uh, spiritual practice and therapeutic practice come together and uh, so we, um, we can't bypass those earlier traumas we have to go back and heal them and release them and so and uh, so I guess one of the mottos would be that we welcome as in the poem by Rumi we welcome all guests and we welcome all parts of ourselves in that process so I'll leave it there and um, open up to any, any, any questions or anything that anybody wants to share or any, any comments. <clears throat> I'm just looking for my phone. <clears throat> Just turn this off.